What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Bra Meets World. Well, it's Bra Meets World. Your boy Meets World Foncast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Siege. And I'm Tony Curtis. How are you? Ooh, I, I like it when you go down with the deep voice. <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes After you hours. just got to pull it out. Exactly. A quiet storm. <laughs> A quiet storm. Love it. Uh, I can tell y'all right now, uh, y'all not going to like me this episode. <laughs> y'all just I, not going to like me. I'm saying it now. I'm letting y'all know. You not. You, you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> when I knew when this episode was coming along <laughs> that there would be some talking points that we would have to hash out. <laughs> I decided to get into it. <laughs> I was like, oh, they, they they ain't gonna like me. And that's okay. You ain't gotta like me. We ain't gotta be friends. Um, uh, you know, see, right before we jump in, I just want to quickly say, and I, I, I don't want to, this doesn't need to be an obligatory thing. We do every podcast, uh-huh. but I am loving the Pod Meets World podcast so much. Um, oh, let's get for, into the morning announcements. Thing. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, you know, for morning announcements, you know, it's not really so much that there's anything specific that I want to talk about. They just had Lance Bass on to talk about his relationship with Daniel Fischel and how they were dating and how he came out gay and how they're making like a movie about it, by the way. Like, really, they are. Like, yeah, uh, this whole thing. Um you know, obviously, Danielle recently said that she had a, a crush on Ryder Strong throughout the filming of the series, which yep. is like huge news. Um, but more than anything, I'm just loving getting to know these people who I had such a connection with as the characters, getting to know them as Ryder, Will and Danielle. Like that yeah, has yeah. been such an enjoyable experience as a lifelong fan of the show to see to know that they're just actors who showed up to set like they exactly. were just trying their best. Like they were just like, you know, to them it you know, this is just a part of their life in such a way that, um, you know, when they kind of reflect on their stories, they have a hard time, like, separating what's on the show from what happened behind the scenes. But I just think that's such a... It's just interesting to to know that these are just child actors, you know, at the, at the end of it. They just had this extraordinary experience. And I don't know. I just... I can't recommend it enough to our listeners to, to you know, as you listen to your Broad Meets World podcast, you know, maybe throw on the Pod Meets World podcast and check out what's going on with the cast because, again, loving the conversations that are being had. Absolutely. And, like, this crazy, like, a, a few things. One, it reminds me of something I think Frankie Munez said. It, it, it may have been him, it may have been someone else, but they were, it was a child actor who was talking about the, uh, his memories. Just like, yeah. he's like, we did so many crazy things on set. I don't know what was a dream or what was like real life because like you know like when you're a child actor you're on set like the idea of like did we really dress up in tiki wear and have a game show where i wore a giant fake head on my head or did i dream that was that a yeah. fever dream you know what i mean like <laughs> there are plenty of things where you're like oh yeah yeah like as a person as an individual where this isn't your real life this has to be really crazy because you definitely pretty much do have like two sets of memories you have like the memories that are yours and then the memories that were like constructed for someone else a hundred percent and people have such a deep relationship with this perception of you yeah. that isn't quite you. And they talk about that a little bit. Um, you, 
one thing I just want to touch on real fast before we get into the episode is that Ben Savage, we got to talk about it. Ah, yes, we do have to talk about it. This, all of this is part of my morning announcement, so I love that you're bringing it up. But I mean, yeah, you're the West Hollywood native, so maybe you yes. should be the one yes. to discuss this. So, you know what? I'll say this. Um, not surprised that he is running, for those of you who don't know, um, he is running for councilman of West Hollywood here in California. Uh, and it it is it is a tough thing to witness because I will say that politically, Ben Savage and I don't align. Um, but it is also very interesting to see um, someone who you've pretty much been following for years run yeah. for office. So it's it's kind of like this thing to where. I feel like a lot of name recognition will be in his favor. However, I also know that for a lot of people in the area, we look at policy more than we look at anything else. Um, but that being sure. said, it's it's just like, you know, name recognition goes a really long way. Um, he, Me and him don't align politically necessarily, but like, I also don't think that he's as far um to a place to where I'm like actually boycotting his <laughs> his yeah. uh campaign. So yeah. Um it's it's very interesting. I was talking to a friend about this because of course, as with any Boy Meets World news, like everyone sends things to me the moment like that they, they they happen. And I was saying to them, I was like, I'm not surprised because they were like, oh, what do you think about this policy? I was like, I'm not surprised. And the more that we learn about writer and will and danielle it becomes very very obvious to me why like they all kind of collectively regularly meet and ben is always kind of off to the side um all that all that being said um i still appreciate and enjoy these characters i like you love to learn more about like the real people because I, I do think there is something i mean we've had all of our childhood heroes really turn out to be complex individuals. So I think it's very sure. important for us to continue to separate a character from um, the actor who plays that character. A hundred percent. And, you know, even, you know, I, I have to say the same thing. Like I, the politics don't really align with, with Ben, but I do kind of appreciate this idea of someone like him who is taking the effort to dream try and do good in in whatever ways he can yeah. you know yeah. um and one of the things i appreciated the the pod meets world they did a few episodes of just q a and one of the things that writer and will were talking about was how that on the set they would have these really extreme political debates religious debates um and, and just kind of arguing from all sides because it was such a, a an assortment of different uh yeah. views on yeah. set and they said sometimes that would make people uncomfortable but for will and Ryder, like especially the two of them they would go back and forth a lot and they were like you know what like we've honestly changed our opinions based on the other person just making a better argument and just like seeing yeah. something from their point of view and I, I i thought that was really interesting as well so just uh, you know, as the show kind of like lets out little bits of politics and a little bit of like religious views, like it's interesting to know that there was discussions happening behind the set, uh, behind the scenes as well about all of those things. Continuing our morning announcements, we've got so much feedback from you guys from our last poll from the last episode. Ooh, and 
I, I, a, I just want to remind everyone, we love it when you give us feedback. And uh, T, do you want to hit them with? Because I pretty much knew where we were, but I'm excited to hear. <laughs> no. Okay. So we asked you guys on social media and we gave a poll about like, hey, if you were Rachel, would you go and to the, the laundry room with Eric and test the sexual boundaries of your relationship? And you guys overwhelmingly decided that um, you would not do that. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> 75% of you on our uh, Spotify poll said, no way, men be crazy. <laughs> so there's a fourth of you guys out there that would still take the chance. And that's, hey, that's that's a lot of people. I will say, one of, like, one of the most common comments that I saw was people being like, oh, but it's Eric. And it's just like, yeah, you don't know that. <laughs> and a lot of y'all are willing to take chance like like i'm learning some things i now see why people go missing <laughs> well i will say that like netflix has made me a different person in terms of how i trust people like this is a new era where like i i mean there was stranger danger in the 90s don't get me wrong but the perception of this person is harmless was a thing that i don't know i feel like was a lot more frequent back in the day than it is now well so here's the thing it was, and people were not harmless. Like, like what I'm saying true. is, women watch true crime for a reason. It's because all of these stories happened on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And who was it? It was the roommate. It was the guy across the street. It was the guy in your class that you knew every day. Those were the people. It's not, It was not so stranger danger. It's the ones that you know. <laughs> I also think that our idea of what, like, college white boys are capable of has changed dramatically since the time yeah. of this episode so yeah <laughs> i mean I, absolutely oh one thing i did want to say i i just i want to hit on this a little bit before we get into the episode which is that a lot of people commented on the fact that maitland ward uh now has a career as an adult film star and they sure. were like oh very funny how like you're making a big deal about this considering the line of work that she went into now first of all uh we're we're not gonna go there we're just <laughs> gonna say that we do not demean anyone for their job training, <laughs> especially um because sex work is work but then in additional just because you choose to become an adult film star willingly does not mean that you throw out any chance in the past of having sympathy for your actions like i just think it's very weird that people are like oh you have a really big problem with her doing this now considering what she ends up doing in the future and you're like how i want you to explain to me how those things are related yeah and, and just also just i mean in the context of everything it's a completely different situation she is yeah. <laughs> purposely trying to trick him into thinking that she's into something that she clearly is not interested in versus it just being something of her own agency so it's just a different conversation absolutely okay all right should we just do the uh tell me about it yeah okay let's 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 yeah. i'll leave it up to you let's get into this i'll say this i don't have really a tell me about it written out i'm just gonna kind of <clears throat> okay. Tell us about it. Sean and Angela call it quits. Corey finds out that their friendship was shit, while Feeney learns that maybe that teaching will stick. You know what? For on the fly, that's really good. I, I, it on the fly. I, 
I, I included all the storylines. Yeah, you did. You know, really I tried. Good. I tried. You did really good. Okay. So for those who are following along, this is season six, episode four, Friendly Persuasion. After she and Sean call it quits because he wants to meet new people, Angela shuns Corey's offer to for support, claiming that they were never really friends in the first place. But after Corey pursues her in a co-ed bathroom, which he's previously been too terrified to enter, Angela confesses that she still has feelings for Sean, pledging Corey to keep her secret between friends. In a B storyline, Eric encounters Mr. Feeney in his class as a student, but the presentation that Feeney and Rachel make on free will versus environment convinces the dean that Feeney can only function in his present environment as a professor. I have thoughts. <laughs> but before I get into my thoughts, because there is a lot that we can go in with this episode, I'm going to ask TC for you to give me your first thoughts. You know, first impressions of this episode are they do this thing with Corey in the story where they're like, oh, he just really, really wants to be Angela's friend. But I'm just like, does he or does he just hate the fact that someone does not like him? And that, like, that part, that part, that's kind of the bigger <laughs> part to the point that where part. he kind of crosses a bunch of boundaries in order to like force it. Whatever, yeah. we'll get to it. Um, yeah. And again, my point to last week, they could not wait to bring Feeney back into teaching. They they didn't let us skip a beat. They were nope. just like, all right, that last he episode, he came back episode. to Philly. This episode, <laughs> he goes from student to teacher. It's just, and I think literally, like, there's no transition. I think, like, in a few episodes, he's just teaching. Like, we never see him, like, start again or talk about teaching college or I think it's just in an application. <laughs> so there's that. Buy a new briefcase. Like, none of these things. <laughs> none of it. None of it. Just so, you know, that those are my first impressions of it. I'll say, like, we will get into the Feeney thing in a little bit, but I will say that, like, you have 22 episodes. You can do, like, Feeney getting back into the groove as a whole episode. Like, this is where, I mean, like, again, maybe we're a little bit spoiled with streaming and, and people wouldn't have been interested in doing that from week to week. But, like, we've done crazier things in all Feeney episode. I don't know if that would have been the worst thing, especially considering how much we as a generation are attached to Feeney. You know what I mean? You know, so, I, I almost feel like Feeney needs to count his lucky stars that he's even being included because none of the other adult cast seems to be a regular of the season. Like Feeney's nope. the only one that that's left. So Very it's like, point. it's interesting that they chose to like, no, we need at least Feeney as like, a pillar of sorts if we're going to get rid of the rest of these adult characters. But to your point, like the, the way that they bring him in feels like it's for the children. It doesn't feel like it's for him. Exactly. Okay. So that is our B storyline. We're going to stick with our A for a little bit, which is this whole situation with Sean, Angela and Corey to, to be honest, it's, I will say it's very interesting because for years at this point in time, we have seen Sean insert himself into Corey and Topanga's relationship. Totally. So it totally makes sense and tracks that Corey would also insert himself into Sean's relationship. Like that makes sense. And that would have been a very interesting way to go about it. But 
let's just start from the very, very beginning of this episode. Just let's, the very let's talk about it. Let's talk about Which it. Which is they are at a college mixer. Everyone's supposed to be hanging out. Corey and Topanga are like they they are not under Corey's parents' supervision. So they are like just making out all the time. They very are very on track. No, no, no. They are dry <laughs> humping in the middle of the student union. Let's be Again, clear. Very <laughs> on track for, for Corey where he's at at this point in time. Makes sense. Sean, however, is just like, oh, you guys, we're supposed to be meeting new people, which at first it's like, okay, this is what I was talking about when I said that the Sean that I know would be excited about college. Totally. Like, that's where I was like, okay, cool. We're getting there where Sean's like new environment, new people, all of this. But then, but then what happens is Sean is like, we should be out meeting new people. Let's go. And Angela's like, yeah, I'm right with you. And then this girl comes up. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Cameron. First of all, there's a lot of things going on. She goes, hi, I'm Cameron. And Sean's like, oh, hi, uh, I'm Sean. And this is my friend, Angela. And the moment he said, this is my friend, Angela, I was like, excuse me? Wow. Um, um, (laughs) It was like the look on her face, too, was like, uh-huh. Excuse I'm sorry? me? What? <laughs> Not after you just told me you're ready to meet new people. Like, I'm I'm still currently your girlfriend. We didn't have a conversation. This is just you mistreating me in front of somebody at this point in time. So they like play it up for Angela as if Angela's or at least Sean, I'll say Sean's response is as if Angela's overreacting when she's like, oh, I'm just your friend. <laughs> And he's like, no, 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 my girlfriend, my bad. And then Cameron very much does come up and she's just like, oh, y'all together? And the way she said that, I was like, I'm watching you. Yeah. Because Cameron is too close to Karen and I'm seeing (laughs) what I'm seeing. I'm seeing (laughs) what I'm seeing. Yeah. You know, it, it was really hard for me to like not think about the fact that like there was almost, I don't want to make it a race thing, but like the fact that Cameron was so white. Karen came up specifically and said, oh, you two are together? And for those of you who think, like, we're reading too much into this, reminder, there is a reason why Sean and Angela are such a big deal to our generation. They are literally one of the first interracial couples on television, especially for our demographic. So for them Them to have a white girl come up, yeah, (laughs) For them to have a white girl come up to Sean and be like, oh, y'all are together, was to say that she was like, huh, wouldn't have wouldn't have put that, wouldn't have thought that that was a thing. It is specifically saying what what is being said without saying it. And and I mean, like, I, I, I can't imagine anyone saying anything other than what Angela said, which is you want to meet new people and I'm not new people. So you tell me what that means. And I'm just like, yeah, please tell, tell us what it means. And the thing that's strange about it from just like a character perspective is that with so much changing, like I get the idea that Sean wants to meet new people, but like with Corey and Topanga being like engaged, you would think that like, 
he would want to hang on to some kind of consistency or something. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe like them breaking up is a natural part of just going to college with their high school partner. And I'm sure that's happened more times than I can count, but it's just, it seems like if they really thought about what's supposed to be happening with Corey and Topanga, it, it, to me, it would make sense for maybe Angela to be the one being like, Oh, let's, let's meet new people. And Sean just being like, wait, what? Like, I need this now. Like that to me would have been more interesting. There is, there's a lot because a, a few things are going on right now. One is that uh, I agree with you where it's just like the dynamic is a little, like I understand from Sean's perspective. Let's just take it from Sean's perspective. He hasn't actually been in a relationship this long. Yeah. And Sean is used to being kind of a player. And Sean is used to being able to play the field and he is in a new area. Like it was one thing when he was in high school and he had dated every girl in high school. So finding Angela, finding one that he's compatible with and like sticking with that. Yeah. Cause he's ran through everybody else. And at this point in time, he's like, this is the best match for me. The idea of him going to college, seeing new options, wanting to like see where that goes all very reasonable. However, again, we don't even really give that the weight in the conversation and the time that it needs. It's just him being dismissive of yeah. his relationship, one that they had us invest in. And they almost put all of the weight of that on Angela because Sean is just like, yo, it was what it was. And don't let's not make a big deal out of it. Five seconds later, we see him with the racist white girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> with Karen, yeah. <laughs> no, and honestly, like, it makes yeah, sense for what we know about Angela. She's like, dude, I was afraid to get hurt. And I told you that when we got into this, that like, hey, I don't get into serious relationships. Like, I opened myself up to you. And for you to be like, oh, it's all casual. Like, what do you? let's just take a break. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, what was that whole shit about that we did last season? Like, we're at the restaurant. Like, what was that? Like, I thought we were trying to have something more than, than just something casual. So I can see see why Angela feels this way. And it's kind of strange that Sean does it, honestly. It is, it is strange that Sean does it. But again, I, I'm just saying, I'm not surprised when we come back to it. Sean is a white man. White men be oblivious. And it's, it's, it is very interesting that Corey seems to value the Sean and Angela relationship more than Sean does. Um, yes, yes. And I will like, I know that his motivations are because Corey likes things to be in a certain order and he likes balance. And Sean having a girlfriend actually just makes his life easier because then he's not tempted. Because if we're, if we are uh, looking back, anytime Sean is single and Corey's committed, Corey's tends to be like, well, what's going on over there? So Sean being committed, mm. means Corey is more committed and he just got engaged. So he needs Sean to be locked down. <laughs> That's a very interesting point. Like him hearing about all Sean, like hooking up with all these college girls is not going to be good for him in this situation. We've already been through this in exactly. seasons three and five. So so that's, he's that's like, I need you to lock it down. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting, too, is that Sean's dedication to Corey and Topanga makes sense for what we know about Sean's character. This is the only consistent relationship he's ever seen or really been involved with. 
So for Corey to feel like, wait, you and you and Angela broke up? No, this can't be. You guys are meant for each. It, it was just, it was kind of strange because I didn't know that Corey had anything tied up into their relationship at all. Like that hasn't been set up really. So, but I would say it's it, what it is is exactly what we just talked about. Yeah, Cor it, it's from a selfish perspective, and I know that a lot of people are going to disagree with us, and they're like, "No, he cares," and it's like, "No, no, no, no." If you look at Corey's actions, his actions throughout this, it has very little to do with Sean's happiness, very little to do with Angela's happiness, and everything to do. Like he says, I'm doing it because you're my friend. However, he didn't even know that they were broken up. Well, yeah, let's, can, if we could just go back a little bit, because there's a scene I really want to talk about um, yes. where he finds out that they broke up. He's about to go, like, Sean's about to go into the co-ed bathroom and Corey's still on his men and women go into the same bathroom. That's freaky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's also the scene where like this guy's about to go into the bathroom. Oh, I wanted to up. talk about that. I wanted to talk about <laughs> that. He says, I'm going to take a shower and meet chicks. So again, people are fucking in this bathroom, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and to prevent like him from going in, Corey steals the towel off of him. He goes in bare naked, and then Topanga and Sean both walk out as if they seem the biggest dick in their life. What's happening yeah, on the yeah, show? Yeah. So a few things. One, I did enjoy that moment. It's it's very it's a very fun moment because a the idea of this guy the guy never returns for his towel. No, he's just in there. He's just like, yo, that you saved me some time. <laughs> yeah. And then Topanga comes out and is like wow and you're like okay that could mean anything but then five seconds later sean comes up and he's like wow and i was like oh good for him this is a <laughs> towel <laughs> but i also, just love people are just naked in this room in this open bathroom space and it's fine it's i wanted fine. to talk about this because uh i asked my fiance i was like who he was watching it with me and i was like do you know of a place that does this and he said UC Santa Cruz did have this type of setup. They had wow. co-ed bathrooms and co-ed showers. And I was like, how did that work? And he was like, it just did. Like, it was just something that it worked. People worked around it. And I was like, okay, so this is kind of based on someone's real life experience. Uh, it's a little bit more than Ally McBeal. This is pretty much, I guess, what they, they did experiment with. But at the exact same time, he was like, I was 17, I don't know why anyone would think I was mature enough to be doing yeah, this. Totally. Um, and it's really interesting too. I I know, I know we're gonna get into the breakup. I just <laughs> this is a really interesting moment where they kind of backpedal where Sean says something like, Oh, there's naked girls in there. And then Corey says, like, oh, what do you care? You have your own naked girl. I mean, she has the potential to be naked one day, one day. As if to say, like, no, they're not fucking ABC. We didn't say that they were fucking, like, <laughs> we're, we're going to backpedal on that. I just thought that was really interesting that he had to clarify. She hasn't been naked yet, but she has the potential to one day We're be. going to get there. And again, as I said, you guys will not like me this episode. But I know this. And it's fine. It's fine. Okay. So, um... We just had Sean kind of, it's kind of Sean's pattern to move on quickly when he is kind of like done with something for oh, the, like, the rubber oh, band the scene. Yeah. The past is in the past in the rubber band scene. I, I do like, like there is some character continuality here. I.e. the idea that 
Corey would think that the rubber band was for him. It's a little for, him be, for me. <laughs> for him to be a little excited about the rubber band and all those other, all very on track for Corey. Sean being the cool one who understands how things go and well, needing to Sean calls him Corey. the rubber band man. And I was just like, is that where that term comes from? Uh, I mean, who knows? I don't know. Someone, like, someone look it up for us. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, this, this all kind of tracks. However, um, we come out of the bedroom and Corey's putting it on and Angela shows up and it's just kind of like, oh, wait, wait, even before that, Topanga comes in and she's like, oh, did you know? He's like, did you know about this? And Topanga's like, yeah, they broke up. They seem both to be okay with it. You're both my friends. I respect you. Topanga seems to understand that people are going to be people. You got to let them make their own decisions. Yeah. However, from this point to the rest of the episode, Corey does not abide by that mentality. Not at all. You don't let people make their own decisions. If you feel like you know what's better for them, then you have the right to impose yourself on them until they do what you want them to do. This was kind of similar to what we saw, and I think it's called the Things Change episode of season five, like towards the end when they close Chubbies. We're just like, Corey just has an idea of how things should be. And if things go against how he thinks things should be, he starts to freak out. And he doesn't really take into account, like, what it means for the other people in the situation. Free will. (laughs) Well, I mean, free will is kind of an ongoing theme of this episode, honestly. Like, it's it's kind of like the, the undercurrent of the whole thing. And so, like, you know who doesn't respect free will? Corey. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, like, at all. not respecting what his friends are actively telling him, not respecting what his girlfriend is being like, hey, it's cool. Like they got it. Like he's just not listening to anyone, which is super frustrating. And again, I think what's interesting to me is how much the story paints this as noble as well, it's like, oh, well, I, no, I just want to say yeah, like, yeah, for the history of Boy Meets World, Corey's. Um, insistence upon something is supposed to be seen as endearing. It's supposed to be like, oh, look, he knows that they're going to work out in the end. He knows that Sean and Angela are meant for each other. He knows that him and Topanga are meant for each other. So he has the right to kind of force it. And it just goes back to that whole kind of thing that we all grew up with with like nice guys where it was like no that's stalking you know like yeah. it's the urkel and laura thing where it's just like no 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 they, you guys this don't understand harassment. it's the ross and rachel thing where yeah. it's, like, it's supposed to be uh sympathetic because he knows that they're meant to be so he has the right to just kind of force that until everyone else gets on his side and it's like that's not the case we saw that shown in a very inappropriate way with Corey at the disney episode where he's like literally like uh diving in like a tank with sharks to get topanga's attention while she's actively trying to ignore him like he just doesn't take no for an answer and here's the thing not taking no from an answer is why we have problems with men (laughs) being in the same shower room as women, it's because if you if you're saying this lesson of if you know that these people are supposed to work out or if you believe in your heart of heart that this is something that's meant to be, you have the right to pursue it, despite what anyone else, including the other person, is saying. And that's just what it's just one of the things that like I see now and I can't ignore. Totally. totally. Okay. So- All right. 
I have a question for you because, all right, so yeah, there's the whole rubber band scene and they do the whole thing where Corey figures out that they're broken up and he kind of talks to Angela about it. Um, Angela says to him, let's not kid ourselves. You and I were never really friends to begin with. What is the catalyst for Corey's behavior? Is it Sean and Angela broke up? I got to fix this. Or what do you mean we were never friends to begin with? What do you mean you don't like me? Like the episode can't decide what's the motivating factor. And so I'm trying to figure out. No, I'm going to say think. right now, like, 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 again, I'm looking at his actions, his, his actions, actions. <laughs> his actions, and even his words for the most part is, oh, how does she not like me? Like, the conversation that he has, the gifts that he gives, everything is about how could she not like me? How could she not think that I'm an important person in her life? Like, it's not even about really being a friend. It's like, I want the title of friend. And if I have the title of friend, that's good enough. Like, in his head, I have, because if we're going to be honest, I think in Corey's real if he thinks about it, Corey doesn't have friends. He has Sean and he has Topanga and he had Angela and that gave him one more friend. And if yeah. he doesn't have Angela, then he has one less friend because Corey doesn't have a lot of friends. We know that. We see that. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of friends. And you're right. He actually, what's funny is that he says to Topanga, he goes, how can she not like me? I'm yeah. Corey. As exactly. if to say like, I'm the main star of this whole thing. So yep. as if to not like Corey means that like, oh, wow, some someone doesn't like something about me. They just, I just need to talk to them. I just need to figure it out. Like if they just got to know me better, I can prove to them. And it's just like this needy thing that I've never really seen from Corey before, which was. No, I've, we've totally seen Corey's. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah. But I think what's interesting is this idea of, I, I've, I'll say this, I have met guys like this who were like, what do you mean you don't like me? Everybody likes me. And I was like, well, I don't, plain and simple. Like, like it's just like, you're, you're allowed to not like people. You're definitely allowed to not like people who insist that you like them. And I think it's very important for people to understand that one of the best ways to get people to not like you is to insist that they like you. <laughs> I, I will say this, uh, in terms of like the show trying to teach lessons that you learn through life, especially when you're like young, in your early 20s, out of high school, like learning to be okay with someone not liking you is something that you kind of have to learn. Like I'm okay with Corey learning this lesson if it was a lesson that he had to learn. But that's not this episode. What's That's this, not episode this episode is them like suggesting, oh, maybe Corey should learn to not care about what everyone thinks about him. No, no, no. He cares extra hard and he's going to make you care. It's it's just a different way of going about the story. Exactly. Like, you know what? It, it reminds me of, um, for those of you who watched Recess, um, there's an episode <laughs> of the show Recess, which is a children's show, by the way, where Great the show. main character, TJ, finds out that one of like the side characters that we always see doesn't like him. And he goes out of his way and he's the very same thing where it's like the entire episode is him trying 
to make someone who has stated that they don't like him to like him. And he goes above and beyond. He changes this dude's world. He does everything that he can to make this guy have like the best experience possible. And the guy's still like, I still don't like you. <laughs> and, yeah. and by the way, that's okay. And he just walks away. And it's just like, yeah, that is, as you said, if that was the lesson of this episode, I would be like, you know what? That's a good lesson to learn. Sometimes you're not going to get along with it. Sometimes you can be friends with someone because they are in a relationship with your yes. friends and you have to learn to let go. That's a lesson. That's like, a lesson. Oh, hey, we were all cool, but you're not together anymore. And as much as I like you as an individual, I'm not going to see you as often because I'm more loyal to this person who I've known longer or better. Again, that that is a college lesson. Totally. But... They don't take that route <laughs> because all, like as an adult, you know that when like, especially when you're friends with a couple, when yep. they break up, there's a divorce yep. that happens. Like yep. you, their friends get divided and like, that's a part of it. So like I, that could have been like a really cool thing for them to touch on too, about how like, no, it's like, I'm going to hang out with Topanga, but like, this is like, there's no reason for me to be friends with you, Corey. Like, I that could have just been a way more interesting thing. Or just learning the lesson of, oh, I think of this person as a good friend, but they don't think of me as a good friend, which is another kind of interesting lesson to learn as well. So there's just I, a bunch of different ways they could have gone about it. I do like that the show does include like a little scene of Topanga being like, Corey, what have you done with Angela? Yes. Like calling him out on it. Me and Topanga, like Topanga's like, me and Angela do stuff. We're friends. Sean and Angela did stuff. They were a couple. What did what have you done? Name one scene where it was just you and Angela. <laughs> yeah. And like calls him out on it and just being like, hey, when have you ever pulled her aside and just had a conversation? Like, even when the four of us hung out, you guys would never talk directly. And that's like almost kind of like a uh I wish they would have kind of pinpointed on that more maybe angela's just being like hey there was times i tried to reach out to you but you were just so busy with what you had going on that like it didn't really feel like you wanted to be my friend like that would have been something cool to throw in there absolutely and so okay we're getting into the part that i really really I, i've been waiting to talk about there are two things that are happening one this idea that Corey comes into angela's room and is like interrupting her piece girl is in college trying to study and Corey is in there again, almost harassing her, sending her balloons and flowers and all trying to buy the friendship, friend, trying to buy the friendship. And she's just like, Angela's not about it. And she, you know, she knows what it is. She knows the realness of it. He's all. like, remember when we studied for that test together? She goes, no, <laughs> no, no, I do not. When did we ever study for a test together? <laughs> But then also what I'm thinking during this scene is Corey is so oblivious because he's not really seeing. No. How, he's like, how are you okay with this? And it's like, she's clearly not. Like anyone who was paying attention can see that Angela is hurting, but you can't see that because you're too obsessed with it's getting her like, which is yeah. why I said that his actions say that this is more about him not being liked than it is about her. Because if you look at her, Corey's not blind. When he sees his friends are in real pain, he can also be like, oh, no, I see that yeah. you're hurting. But he doesn't. He's just like, how can you keep telling me that, A, you are not my friend, and, B, you don't want to be with my other friend? That it, This is very self-centered. 
Well, you know what, Siege? Here's something you haven't considered. Because Corey and Angela, they found out how Stella got her groove back together. Oh, my God. Like, I, like she was like, what have we done together? What have we done? Goes, well, we saw that Black movie that one time. I was, oh, okay. So, the, that I said, we're entering into the territory <laughs> where I knew y'all was going to be like, because what y'all don't understand is they could have named any movie. Any movie at all. There are so many really iconic movies. But for Corey to be like, we watched that one black movie together. It, I understand why Angela was like, you know what? I'm leaving the room. Yeah. <laughs> because I guarantee you, it wasn't a movie that those two saw together. The group of them went to the movies. It was Angela's turn to pick the movie. She picked that one and he considered that, oh, that was me and Angela's time. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. It's just one of those things where it's like, if, if the only movie of oh, the only thing that you can think that we've done together was I chose movie night and it was a black movie and you were like, oh. That was impactful. It was it's ingrained in my head. <laughs> I was just like, okay, you know what? We're splitting hairs here. It is what it is. He is so down, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I do love her for that. I do, I do love her for that. But the second part is, so Angela's like, I'm gonna go take a shower because it's the one place that I know you won't bother me. And again, they paint it kind of like, oh he goes in there for the sake of the friendship. It's like, no, 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 no. He goes in there because Corey refuses to lose this argument. He refuses, he refuses to take no for an answer. He refuses to take no for an answer. So also, much so. Hey, that, I, I'm sorry, quick point. Has this dude not taken a shit since he's gone to college? Oh, like, I mean, like, he's clearly gone to, like, some other campus bathroom. Like, I get that. <laughs> but I was like, there are two things in this moment. There are two really, really important things that I wanted to talk. One, the idea that they use his kind of persistence as a way to motivate him to go into the bathroom. So all of this could be seen as just a storyline to get Corey into the co-ed showers. Like that was the real triumph of the episode. And you're like, I know that that's not what's written, but in a way that's kind of how the story is made out. It's like, Oh, by the way, Corey got something out of this too. Well, <laughs> I would venture to say that Corey's kind of the only person who gets something out of it because even when him and Angela, and we'll kind of get into their conversation when they kind of hug it out, I'm still not thinking that Angela's walking away like gaining anything. She's oh, like, no. oh, well, I guess we'll try out this trial friendship and see how it goes, even though I'm communicating to you that every time I see you, it reminds me of my ex and that's like harmful to me and hurtful. We can see where this goes. Like, I don't think that she's walking away with more. I think that the only person walking away with more is Corey Matthews. The so. only person walking away with what they want is Corey. Yeah. And that's very clear. So there's that. But then, okay, I want to talk about this for a little bit. This is where the part was like, they're going to feel very strongly like I'm reading into this. Angela is in a towel yes. during this scene. The entire time. And at this point in time, Topanga is constantly covered up. And I just thought it very interesting how quickly and how easily they were willing to show Angela's body and kind of sexualize Angela's body, but how conservative they're making Topanga's body. And that's not to say that maybe Daniel Fischel was like, maybe there's like a difference on what the two actors were willing to do. 
But at the exact same time, I was like, there seems to be this kind of like. This is an interesting point. Hey, you bring up an interesting point. And I have to say, it's a thought that I had as well. Not to say that Angela in the towel is any like it's actually kind of a conservative way to like wear a towel. I would say if you were wearing a towel to cover your body, but to have this follow a scene earlier where someone's towel got pulled off and they were completely naked underneath. And I'm just like, oh, you're right. Like Topanga's been the main love interest. And even on that prom night, I don't think we saw anything even close to that. So it's just interesting how you're right. How like if they're going to sexualize, well, would you, would, in all fairness, Rachel has been wearing towels and things like this. But again, what did we say? It was, all I said was, there's Rachel who is, at this point in time, a sexual object. Yes. Then there is Topanga, who at this point in time is so like, covered up, purity, and all this other stuff. And all I'm saying is, first of all, the moment that, literally the moment that Sean and Angela break up, she is no longer sacred, and she's no longer in that role, so we can show some skin. This just and again i'm not saying that this was intentional i just noticed that this was a moment where we were willing to kind of show and sexualize angela in in a situation that did not need to be like her being in the shower is one thing but like she could have been wearing a robe she could have been wearing, she was wearing a robe when she walked in yeah she remember like, she, she <laughs> yeah my whole thing is why is she now in a towel why is this moment the moment that she's in a towel? Um, and when it's all, it's very clear that everyone else, like the the situation with the other guy earlier in a towel is implied. This one actually just shows every other character is very conservatively dressed. Guys are wearing shorts in the shower. Yes. Like all of that. The only person who's implied naked outside of the guy whose towel was removed and we didn't see anything is Angela. And I just thought that was something that I wanted to talk about. I mean, you're bringing up a great point. I, you know, I was, I, I was kind of curious, you know, this is season six and I was trying to look online to figure out when this episode aired in term of like, their time slot because it kept moving around TGIF so much where sometimes they were like 8.30 and then they would move to 9 to 9.30. I'm just like, what time do you have to be that throw a girl in a, in a towel? Like, is, that's not an 8.30 episode. That's like a 9.30 episode, right? <laughs> I think you're right. You know, I, I have to say, I, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about this. I have um, one more thing to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Just, just to say that I got upset because I was like, in an episode where Corey realizes he knows nothing about Angela, we learn nothing about Angela. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad <laughs> you brought this up because like part of me was like, oh, we haven't had an Angela episode since we got introduced to Angela during the whole like mystery girl curse storyline. So it was just like, oh, well, like if they're going to use this to like, hey, the parents are gone. We're in college. She's a co like a student here. She's part of the main cast. Like, let's flesh out her story. Like, if it were that, and if that's where this is going, then that's great. But to your point, we don't learn anything about her. It's just really a tool to show how uncomfortable Corey is with not being liked. And there, I mean, even in that last scene, he's like, oh, Sean is crazy to lose someone like you. And she's like, bruh, you don't know me. And he's like, 
but I could if you get like, give me a chance. It's like, wh wh why are you fighting for this? <laughs> well, not only that, but like that would like again, you don't know me. That would have been a great time for him to be like, I know that you like raspberries on your pancakes. I know that you only use black uh, ink because yeah. you don't like blue. And like something where it's like, oh, actually, I do know you. Or like I helped for, Sean buy this gift for you. And I know that you like this, like just something to just be like something. You anything. as an individual mean more to me than you as Sean's counterpart. Or she could have asked some questions. Well, yeah. like, help me get to know you. What what other movies do you like? Where do you like to eat? What's your favorite color? All of yeah. these things that you do when you're actually trying to get to know somebody. But and in all it. honesty, Corey found the same purse that Sean did. He knows exactly this girl is like. He could have thrown a Van Damme ticket. He could have thrown out like any of the, the candies that she had, like just something. Something oh, that implies that you actually know them. And again, the only thing that we learn about her is that she's actually not over Sean. And it's like, first of all, that is not a huge revelation. But second of all, that's nothing about her. <laughs> like, like that's, it's really, really upsetting because if what you're trying to explain to Corey is that there's a separation between Angela in a relationship with Sean and Angela as an individual, you should have something be about her, the individual. Yeah. Not the one thing that we learn about her as an individual is that she prefers to be in the couple with Sean. And and to your point, and like, I, I mean, it's been a while since I've watched season six, but I think the friendship that develops between Corey and Angela is solely one that comes from, I know that she has the secret and she doesn't talk to Topanga about it. So this can be our thing that we chat about. So even though she said, like, every time I see you, I think of Sean, our friendship is going to be solely based on the fact that, like, hey, I know you still have feelings for Sean, which just feels like she, again, she's not getting anything out of this. So it's just, it feels unfair to her as a character especially when you said we had such an excellent opportunity to get to know her character better so last little bit of note um i will say that as this storyline ends i do like how we had talked earlier about the, the bathroom issue and it's just so weird how like it's become such a political and touchy subject but in 1998 they addressed the fact that Topanga was like yeah before you know it they'll be putting these in everyone's houses yeah. and it's like yeah like that that it's one of the things where it's like we've made it into a bigger deal than it needs to be because this is just this is just like any other bathroom that you've yeah. ever been into um so yeah i just thought that was very um interesting okay uh b storyline you want to talk about that for a little bit yeah sure you know the b storyline we have Feeny joining a college apparently for a day, <laughs> for a day <laughs> even though this man clearly has a degree already he's taking an intro course or something i don't know um and what i liked about this b storyline was that i liked pairing feeny with rachel i thought that was kind of fun like, i did I, this episode like they tried to pair Corey and angela and they tried to pair feeny and, and rachel and even though like those relationships didn't have like a lot of moments where built like a strong relationship between them it was nice to see them toy around with like different dynamics which was which was cool i will say like to your point i did i feel like the b storyline even though it's very quick and it kind of doesn't make sense in the totality works better like yeah. the idea of first of all the idea of eric being like i moved on i've accepted that Feeny isn't here, and then, then you know Eric is really fun in this episode. There's so many like, funny parts in this. Yeah. I'm gonna ask a question only Feeny would know. 
Are you George Feeney? <laughs> like, Rachel says, that does look like the guy from the poster by your bed. So exactly. funny. Again, it's 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 showing history. It's showing that these people have a life outside of just what we see. And it and, was also nice to see Rachel as not uh, just a sex object, as like a student, as like a college student. Like Feeney was saying, hey, you're super smart. You're so prepared. Like we learned things about Rachel, that she's a good student. And like she's like all of these things that don't have to do with the way she looks, which was really exactly. Interesting. Exactly. And, and that's what I was, and then also the idea of Feeny meeting. Like they don't do that thing where it's just like, oh, it's just assumed that you know each other. Like, no, Feeny yeah. meet Rachel for the first time. She gets to be excited. She doesn't because so she excited doesn't to know. be uh, Eric's grandpa. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Eric goes, uh, maybe one day, maybe someday. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, for her to not like for her to kind of have like both that newcomer viewpoint on the whole situation to be like oh clearly you're eric's grandpa yeah and he's like no i'm just the neighbor but then at the exact same time Vinny could have enrolled into any school any into class. any class yeah he definitely looked up eric's schedule there's no joined. way that you're <laughs> randomly together with someone you know that well in college believe me you have to like i remember trying to get courses with my friends it's fucking it's hard like it's exactly difficult. so uh, Corey, sorry, not Corey, Feeney absolutely looked at Eric's schedule and did this as a surprise. And it's fine or whatever. But um, I, I really enjoyed, as you said, the different dynamic and seeing Feeney get to be Feeney get to be a student for a little bit. Well, that's what I was gonna ask. I was like, hey, because this dude is still dressed exactly the same. So is this an issue where, like, hey, we didn't want to give him more wardrobe, or this is in support to our overall theory that he cannot go into a classroom without dressing like this? Absolutely. Um, and I, I think that I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. I feel like it does fit what they were trying to say, which is that Feeney has this kind of, like, um, he just has this habit that he's been doing for years. And so he doesn't know any other way of being. Sure, sure. And, and I think that that's really, I think that that's smart of you to even notice the wardrobe. Um, and then they do, like, I will say, like, one of the things that they let Feeney be a little more free with is he clearly has interest in the teacher, like right off the bat. Yeah. Like, oh, and, and Eric's like down boy. Like it's, it's, they're letting him be one of the boys, you know? Sure. Yeah. Way. Which was fun. Like, I love seeing George, like get excited about the Dean and like him, like having feelings, like just seeing him be a person. Like we've never seen Feeney be anything other than a teacher. So to see him like have a love interest and that be introduced also to be played by his real life wife, by the way, which yeah. is just amazing. Um, exactly. It's just a new dynamic to Feeney that we get to see that I think will help enrich his character past this, you know, mentor figure for the kids. I think what you said was uh, really important. You said George. And I was like, it's good to see Feeney be George. Yeah. Um, for a little bit. And I think that's, I think that's great. Um, I like the pairing off, as you said. Uh, I thought that was really fun. And I th again, Eric just being hilarious. But 
I want to say when we do the presentations and Feeney gives his reasoning, A, again, it really tracks that Feeney is wants to be a good student. He's yeah. thinking ahead. He, you know, wants to set a good precedent. I love how he was like, he was like, no, Rachel, we got to go first. Teachers love the firsters. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> scoop on this. Exactly. Like, I think that that was fun. But then when we have the moment of Feeney kind of like taking over the class and then even I think what's interesting is they really do show uh, how Jack and Eric is like, Eric's like, oh, wait a sec up to the teacher. And Jack's like, he's not the teacher. And Eric's like, well, then why did you answer? And Jack's like, yo, like, why did I answer? Like, yeah, yeah. He, he, like, 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 what am I doing? Like, it felt like everyone just kind of fell into their roles and everyone sure. just kind of. And I thought that was very, very good illustration of the point that they were trying to make. A classic Boy Meets World moment of Feeney being taught the lesson of just like, hey, you thought you could escape being in the classroom and not being a teacher, but it's just something that's a part of you. Um, yeah, classic Boy Meets World moment. I I, I, I really loved it. Um, what, one thing I just want to say real fast, because we kind of gloss over this a bit. You know... Again, we don't really have a name for it. It's, you know, we had our Turned On by Turner segment, and I keep saying that there needs to be a segment title for the Jack and Eric moments. Um, Eric could have said, I want to be partners with Rachel. I call Rachel as my partner. But he's like, I choose Jack. And when Jack says why, he's like, because I didn't want you being paired up with Rachel. Thoughts? Thoughts? Okay, no, Thoughts. you know me. You know me. I thought about it. Now, I will say, to give y'all a little bit of break, I was so wrapped up and in reading into everything else. I was like, this one is so... Like, this one can be very innocent. But that being said, it is also very much... It's a pattern of them being like... I I'll say this. The way that George, from the beginning, was like, oh, nice to see you. Uh, Mr. Hunter, Mr. Matthews. Again, it's just like, oh yeah, y'all little couple. He didn't say, who's your friend and like, yeah. which one of you? No. George assumed, oh yeah, y'all little couple thing and you got your little friend on, on, yeah. on the line. She's someone different. She's not part of this. <laughs> that, like, So that's why for me, when Eric chose Jack, A, it's funny, but B, you're right. It's like, I, I just like I can't I can't let go of the idea that in the show in the writers' room there's clearly something there, and they really do love that chemistry and they really do love that pairing and they just constantly want to put them together. Yeah, and you're like if you were to just put them together, you would have even more storylines, but mm. you're limited by your own limitations yeah it's just yeah it was just one of those moments where eric could have chose rachel and he chose jack over over rachel which is just kind of like in and terms he of will. How we've been reading into every episode so. <laughs> yeah it's just been an ongoing theme just something a pattern um i have to say again i loved eric in this episode i love in conclusion watches chocolate <laughs> cheese <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we give you the Swiss. <laughs> Amazing. Like <laughs> I love uh I loved uh you know what this wasn't all me. Jack deserves the exact same thing. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I also have to say that like 
in the history of the show, this episode has a moment. Yeah, that belongs in the best yep. of clips, which is probably the greatest Feeney call in the history of the show. Yeah, when Feeney real when Eric realizes that Feeney and the Dean are trying to like get together, he's like, oh, it's so natural too. like it yeah. was one of those things that didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like even something that they probably had in the script. It just felt like something that will took and just went off with and it's again the greatest feeny call so much so that this is the exact one i think they tried to replicate in girl yeah. meets world right yeah 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 well it's it's that and it's everything that you said it's it's iconic it's legendary it's um impactful yeah uh but it also as you said it is natural like it felt like something that we as viewers have been waiting to see like it yeah it just felt built upon in a way that you're you weren't like oh that came out of nowhere but it was funny it's like no this is actually totally fits everything i know about this dynamic um and so i really do enjoy that um i do want to say at post feeny call that we didn't really talk about the lesson that the class was supposed to be talking about uh, nature uh definitely not nature. about the swiss <laughs> yeah 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 and the only reason why i want to bring that up is because i this is one of those where michael jacobs tiptoes into political thinking and you're like oh you're way more like the idea of starting off just starting off of can a criminal go back to his environment and actually change. And Feeney wanting to argue that he could, but the show being like, actually, environment plays a really big role, but not really expanding on the yeah. nuance. Uh, you know, it's just like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, so is your argument that bad people are bad people? Um, and there's nothing you can do without it. You can't go home if you're trying to better yourself. Like, there, it's it's, it's a very yeah. complex issue. And in general, I'm like, I would have rather you not try to address this or not use that example. Totally. If you were going to, um, because this is like also when we're dealing with the three strikes rule. And so like, just, you can't escape the political environment that this comes out in. If you touch on things like that, which is why I'm hundred percent. I would have rather you not touched on it. I thought the exact same thing because I was just like, oh, it seems like they're trying to make a good point here. But wait, what's happening right after? Just a little bit of backpedaling. So it was... Which is was... exactly what Boy Meets World does. It's like, and oh, I... but then we're going to backpedal. <laughs> and then to the show's credit, maybe it's just trying to say that the answers are a little bit more nuanced. But the overall conclusion we're left with is that even Feeney was like, oh, no, environment clearly had Dick a massive you know influence on my behavior so exactly you know. which again it's like i'm not saying that it doesn't i'm just saying that it's a lot more complex than what the show made it out to be and you could walk away from this being like oh i guess environment is definitely more of a determinant than anything else i i i don't know we'll, we'll have to see I, honestly it's hard to it's hard to walk away with a clear understanding of what that lesson was. So exactly. All right. We'll speaking of which, do you have a Feeney lesson? It see it, it seems to me that the <laughs> Feeney lesson of this episode is you think you have free will. 
Is that right? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like that, there's like the lesson that the show actually is telling you, and then there's like, what is it trying to tell you? Yeah, you think you can make your own choices, but actually the people and environment that you surround yourself in is gonna force you into making decisions. And that's that. I like I don't know truly what am I supposed to understand from this. I mean, I think the thing that we're supposed to like touch upon is this idea that like um I don't know, Corey says something to Angela like, um, you know, friendship is exactly what's going to get us through this. And I'm never, ever going to go away. And I think we're supposed to take that as like a really sweet thing of just like, hey, standing by your friends through like different times and and transitions, like standing by Feeney while he's transitioning. Like, I think that's part of it. But again, there's nothing clear enough to be like, this is the lesson. So I don't know. What do you think? I, I was going to say, like, but if, if I had to pull that strings, I would say, um, uh, that we don't know ourselves or our friends as much as we think we do. There's still yeah. room to learn is what I'll say. Like Feeney is still learning. Corey is still learning about Angela. Like we're, we're still learning. Um, and I would, I, that would be like the gracious interpretation of this episode. But I feel, as you said, it's so much going on that there's no real lesson. Yeah. Never bruh moment. Bruh moment. Um, I think the bruh moment was Corey being like, hey, at least we saw that black movie together. I was waiting for you to say that. Yep. <laughs> I that think was... that's the only one, right? Like, I don't yeah. know, I'm sure there's a few, but that's just the one that comes to mind. That was the only one that I could really think of. I will say, like, if if we're going to be fair, we don't necessarily like sexualizing characters for no reason so the guy in the beginning where the towel is being removed and like i like i i can definitely see that being yeah that's like, kind of a bra moment just sean and and uh topanga just being like whoa that dick though like <laughs> that's kind of like a weird thing to have in an abc show sure like exactly i was gonna say what's interesting to me about moments like that is i always notice in tv you always have to imply that the person has a unique penis you know what i mean like yes. that's like like it could be big it could be small or whatever but like everyone always is like huh like whenever we yeah that a dick has been seen it's just like oh uh, okay or it was like <laughs> weird somehow or yeah, something exactly. yeah like it's it can't just be someone being like uh, like leaving the bathroom because penises are regular yeah. <laughs> just, like a you gotta be impressed or... by it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay so what grade are you giving this Honestly, I'm giving this episode another. I'm giving this episode a C plus. Okay, you know what? I was gonna give it a B minus. Uh, okay. I, I, as much as I broke it apart, I really enjoyed it. I really thought, which was very rare, I thought the B storyline worked really well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I feel like whenever you have like a good B storyline, it actually improves the episode a little bit. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it as, as, in terms of thoughts I have on this episode. Do you have any good homework? Do you want to recommend? Um, so because I had been listening to my homework from last week, which was uh, too scary, didn't yeah. watch, uh, I have been getting into certain things a little bit more. And so I watched both the Predator movie from like 1987, I think yeah. it is, and Prey 
the sequel. I just started it and I fell asleep in the first 10 minutes and I have to watch the rest of it. You got to watch it, it all over again. I can't wait to watch it, but no, no spoilers, no, no, no. please. I'm just, I'm, uh, no, no spoilers. I really enjoyed myself. I thought Prey was a really good movie. Um, I I was someone who I was like, well, do I have to watch the first one? And yeah. like, well, just to like, think, just to like get some of the idea. And it's like, okay. Um, so I watched the first one. I had so many thoughts about the first one. It, is it worth rewatching? Like for my it is, wife, you know, like... what? it is. It is. I'll say it's worth rewatching. Um, but it's also, I will say that without giving too much in to it, it's really funny because when you watch the first one, um, there's all this emphasis on like '80s masculinity. Sure, and pray kind of takes it in a different direction but it still gives you a great movie and you still get all the points that you want uh so i don't know i just thought you it was could watch really... it as a standalone though right you could watch it yeah, as a... yeah. like my fiance didn't watch the um first one with me he just sure. watched the second one so uh yeah you absolutely can so that's my recommendation well my recommendation for homework guys i saw the orphan sequel movie that came nope, out won't and... do it <laughs> we just talked Beach. about this I'm telling you, watch this movie. If you saw the original Orphan movie, did you see their first one? No, of course I didn't. But again, okay. this is what Bro, I'm, 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 I'm begging you. I'm begging you to watch this movie because they're not like the twist of this movie. I was like, they did it again. These motherfuckers found a way to twist and turn me in a way I did not see the story going. And I just have to say that like, for like a, a movie that's so ridiculous, a thirty-year-old woman playing a ten-year-old girl—it's the most ridiculous the thing. First didn't watch it. <laughs> well, I mean, you could you could tell when you see the trailer that that is an adult woman playing a child. <laughs> they make very little uh, attempts at making her look younger. It's it's it all works. It all works, and I just highly recommend it. Okay, I will not watch it. But again, this is an episode for Too Scary to Watch for me to check out. Honestly, um, yeah. Because it's, <laughs> it's honestly the story alone that's just, it's out of control. I love that. Um, kind of wrapping up, we watched uh, Ready or Not again last night. And I oh, just okay. like that movie. I feel like it's a really good, I just, I really enjoyed it. And I will say like, I feel that horror is almost always telling more interesting and compelling stories. Yeah. Uh, because it's always trying to change the genre, whereas a certain other genres feel like they um, kind of have, have to stick to the status quo. The template. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty much it. Anything else? No. Check us out at Brubby's World on all the other platforms you've been listening to. We love you guys. We, we love it. you. Keep giving us that feedback. Uh, are you ready to dream? Try. And do good. Do good, guys. Do good. All right. Later, bruh. Later. When the spawn meets world.